When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. So many questions surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers and so few answers about what is going to happen with the Philadelphia 76ers. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside the doctor, the professor, Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for Kenny and Carlin today. Kenny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You want to give Dre a follow? You can follow him at Professor DRZ. I'm not going. I assume it's Driz, but no, <laughs> there, there might go. be an I in there, Professor and people Driz. will get people will get confused. And I don't know what people are going to follow at, at that point. You can follow me on Twitter or on Blue Sky. Somehow I got an invite to that at Mike Rothstein. You want to join our conversation about the Sixers? Give us a call on the CC call in line. That's one eight eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So Dre, we have hit on this a couple of times, but 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 is this it for James Harden in Philadelphia after what we saw in this series and really the last two seasons? I think it's possible. I think the door is open that it could be the end. Um, he's got financial considerations and decisions to make as far as where he wants to be. And the 76ers have decisions to make as far as they want him to stay there. My takeaway from that series was just for the majority of the series, Harden did not look comfortable playing with Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid is the MVP, and he's not going anywhere. So Harden has to learn, if he's going to be there, how to be effective while playing the second option to Embiid. In game, was it? Four, I believe, um, Embiid told Harden, just forget about trying to get me involved and you go score. And Harden did that, and the team was able to, to, to play well. But outside of that, it seemed like he was just uncomfortable uh, passing when he should shoot, uh, driving when he should, should not, and just like he didn't know how to play basketball. So I won't say Harden has been a failure so far with, with the 76ers, but this particular iteration of 76ers team – was a failure when they didn't when they couldn't afford to be. It's interesting because you would think that James Harding, considering the teams he has played on throughout his career, would be okay in a number two role mm-hmm. because he's played with Kevin Durant before. Yeah, recently he's played with Russ before. He's played mm-hmm. with KD twice, and now he's playing with Joel Embiid. Why would he not? be comfortable in that number two role unless it's the fact that the number one is more of a post versus another wing like like KD was. Maybe that was the problem here with however that went, but it shouldn't have been a problem for KD. For, not for KD. For, it shouldn't have been a problem for Harden here, right? In theory, it shouldn't have been. 
Yeah, no, it shouldn't have been. And, I mean, maybe there were other factors. Earlier we were talking to Keith Pompey, and he pointed out that Harden was just having trouble finishing at the rim. Um, so I don't know if there was anything physical there or if that's a sign he's getting older. Because Harden is a three-point shooter, and he gets to the rim and, 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 and draws fouls. Like that, th- Those are his scoring mechanisms for the last decade. So if he was unable to finish effectively, then maybe that plays a part in when he draw- drove – he started trying to kick and make these kind of ridiculous passes, and, and and it just took him out of his game. I don't know what it was, but I do know that when Embiid wasn't there, Harden gave a flash of what he used to be, and most of the time when Embiid was there, he just looked like he learned how to play basketball uh, just a couple years ago. Uh, he's making a lot of good money for somebody who learned how to play basketball. A hey, years ago. you know, he's a prodigy. Right. He did. I mean, man, I want that. I want that type of skill set in anything <laughs> I do in my life. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, seriously, like, come on! I, I, with with, I, I'm so stuck on Harden. I, I really just in that, ever, almost everywhere he's gone. Yes, he was an MVP, but wherever he's gone, that level of expectation, like he didn't win a title in Houston. That group together of him, Russ, and KD didn't win a title in Oklahoma City. Yeah, in Brooklyn, we all know what happened there. And then in Philly, it just didn't work. They didn't get out of the second round of the playoffs. At what point does this end up being on James Harden that everywhere he goes, this kind of, I don't want to say lack of success because those teams have all been successful, but lack of ultimate success follow, or, or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a part of his storyline unless and until he's able to be part of a championship team. I remember after that game four where he was the hero and dropped 40 points and hitting the clutch threes, um, I I went on with with Max Kellerman and Max was saying, does this mean that he's changed the narrative of what, you know, the way that he'll be known? But then the next three games happened and yeah, he didn't change that narrative. I don't know if I'm quite with you on expectations never being met because when he was in Oklahoma City, he was coming off the bench. You know, that was KD and Russ's team. That's fair. And when he went to Houston, there was a question of whether he should even be a star player because he was coming off the bench. You know, I I wrote articles on that. You know, James Harden is a superstar uh, waiting to happen if he gets the opportunity. And that team, they never won a championship, but they were right there. You know, I know that if, 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 if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. But, you know, they they were right there, uh, able uh, almost beating those Kevin Durant, Steph Curry-led Warrior teams. And so I, I, I can't say that they didn't live up to expectation. I don't think the expectations were that high at that part of his career. Now, what's happened since he got to Brooklyn, yeah, that was a disappointment. And I don't know that I blame that all on him because he has another, had another teammate in Kyrie Irving that has a history of everywhere he goes, the team not living up to expectation. That's a conversation for another wait, day. Wait, wait, wait. Kyrie, Kyrie did what? Where, where are the Mavericks? Oh, yeah, that's right. They missed the point. Uh, yeah, you know that from, from one? <laughs> just just checking. Just checking there. Just, just want to make sure we're all on the same page that Kyrie ended up taking a Luka Doncic-led team and it ended up going right right into the bottom, hanging out in the lottery, and they you know they at least have a better chance of getting Victor Wembanyaya tomorrow. Doubt that happens. Wembanyaya. Maybe Pistons get him. Wembanyaya or, the, or him. Uh, well, it's interesting, though, because when you're talking about James Harden, one of the possible landing spots that they're talking about is Houston, and would that all of a sudden make it much more palatable to him if, say, Houston won the lottery? Potentially, it's, it's so hard. So Harden is an enigma, right? He's this veteran that's had multiple max deals, 
and he doesn't have a championship. And so that was supposedly why he forced his way out of Houston, right? Was he wanted to play for championships right now. And no matter how good Wimbanyama is, it's hard for me to imagine with the 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 pace that the Rockets are on, they've been in a rebuild. They've got some exciting young talent, but it just seems like they're a few years away. And Harden is going to be 34, I believe, in August. I don't think he has a few years to wait. So to me, I don't see that fit unless he's just kind of saying, I'm comfortable um, not necessarily competing for a title. If he wants to compete for a title, then he has a much better chance of that uh, staying right where he is in Philadelphia. He, he does, and that is where it'll come down to, is does he want to compete for a title or does he want to play at home? And here's the part of that. You cannot blame a guy if he wants to finish his career at a place he's comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these people talk about legacy all the time, right? Legacy this, legacy that. At the end of the day, everybody's human. Everybody who plays in the NBA is human, last I checked. If you want to end your career in a certain spot, and for James Harden, perhaps that is Houston where he became a star, he lives in the offseason, he has friends there. Then good for James Harden to figure that out. It's no different than LeBron James making it very clear that he wants to play with Bronny. And if Bronny gets to the league, who knows wherever Bronny, maybe he's, maybe they are all playing together in Houston. <laughs> you know, and that, but they, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that to me is where it gets very interesting because James Harden is the type of player that, however he wants to end his career, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I just hope if he ends up going to Houston, that there's not criticism of, oh, you're not going to play to win a championship, like. But let the guy go be happy. Like that seriously, but, just But let is he at that stage in his career yet? Like he's getting towards the end, but he's still playing at a really high level. He he's is, not about to walk off the stage in the next but couple we years. Don't, we don't know that. We see guys retire at different ages all the time for varying reasons. He's been playing in the league for over a decade. Yeah. I mean that that does wear on you as a as an athlete. I don't care what sport you play. Yeah. We don't know we don't know what's going on in James Harden's head. No. <laughs> especially after the last four seasons. No, especially after the last four seasons in, in Brooklyn and in Philly where it's been disappointments. Maybe it's just like, I want to get back to a place I'm comfortable because that's where I can get back to being my best self and my best player as well. It's going to be really fascinating to watch over the next month or so what happens with James Harden, whether he stays, goes in Philly, all of the machinations around the beard. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in Tuesday as the Nuggets host the Los Angeles Lakers. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Boston, I'm on the way. The Eastern Conference semifinal between the Knicks and Miami belongs to the Heat. The Boston Celtics 112 and the Philadelphia 76ers 88. Very well coached team. They compete with the best of them. You know, they play hard. They defend. They make plays. And they, they figure out a way to win games. I've been out for too long. I'm getting thirsty. We're on the way. Go Heat. So, when you're looking at Jimmy Butler... Is this the playoff series? Is this the playoff year that has turned Jimmy Butler from part of the conversation of the best players in the NBA to a guy that maybe should be talked about as one of the top three or four players in the NBA? That's one of the questions that I have around the Miami Heat because what Jimmy Butler has done in this playoff series, and by playoff series I mean the totality of this playoffs, has been nothing short of 
of Remarkable. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, alongside the doctor, Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein. And, and when we talk about Jimmy Butler, Dre, you do analytics for ESPN and for NBA specifically. Where does Jimmy Butler fit on all of this? Because he's in Miami, and it feels like a lot of times during the regular season, people forget about Jimmy Butler, and then the playoffs show up, and it's like, oh, hey, look, there was this incredible player in Miami that you might have forgotten about while you were hibernating in the winter, and he got to hang out in the sun. But now that all the weather is warm everywhere, go watch this guy because he's so good. Yeah, so here's the thing. First of all, Y'all not just going to come into my theme song, Forgot About Dre, and me not at least mention it. Um, but as far as— forget- I forgot about you, dude. Yeah, Sorry. You know, <laughs> I, I, I can tell. But as far as forgetting about Jimmy Butler, in the regular season, if you're talking top three or four players in the NBA, it makes sense to, quote-unquote, forget about Jimmy Butler— because he's not that guy over the 82-game marathon of the NBA. He's an, a really good player. He's an excellent player. But there's a reason he wasn't mentioned with Embiid and Jokic and Tatum and, you know, those guys, Giannis, at, at the very top of the league. But something about when it gets to the playoffs, especially since he's been with Miami these last four seasons, the Heat have been in the conference finals three of the last four years. And they've been there because Jimmy Butler, like his old teammate uh, Embiid called him, turned into Hemi Butler and starts playing like he's a top five player. And so do they have a chance against the Celtics? They do if he's able to play at that level. So to me, I noticed the difference between the level of Butler before that ankle injury against the Knicks and the level afterwards. Before that, he was playing in superhuman I, you wouldn't like me if I'm angry mode um, when he plays against the Bucks. But after that ankle injury, after he came back against the Knicks, he wasn't nearly as explosive attacking, and he was doing a lot more decoying and, and trying to set up teammates. So if the rest since that that you know has has let him get healthy and he can go back to being you know a playoff killer, Hemi Butler uh, against the the Celtics, then yeah, they have a chance. The last time these two teams played in the conference finals, the Heat won, right? Or well, no. Last year, the Celtics won, but a few years ago, the Heat won. Like, this is the third time these two teams have played, and it's always competitive, and Butler can carry them there, even against what should be a more talented Celtic squad. Well, let me me throw this out at you, Dre. Is it possible that Jimmy Butler has figured it all out? Just in the regular season, do what you need to do to get to the playoffs and then become your real self in the postseason. Because look at a guy like Joel Embiid. And now, granted, Jimmy Butler dealt with his own injury. But we see over and over guys getting hurt after how they've managed the regular season. We saw with the Clippers, you know, Kawhi and PG barely playing the regular season, it felt like. But maybe Jimmy Butler's figured it out. The, the postseason is what matters the most. The regular season is a long slog. It's not like the NFL. It's not like college football. Just get yourself ready for the postseason so you're best. You're, you are your best self then. That maybe is what we're seeing from Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a Final Four that has a seven seed and an eight seed, right? And, and both the Lakers and the Heat had star players that dealt with all types of injuries, missed extended periods of time during the regular season, and then got healthy for the playoffs. You know, we played the drop earlier from LeBron talking about it's all about the health of me and AD. So, yeah, maybe Butler has uh, figured out how to how to be the reverse Embiid and say, I don't care so much about what happens in the regular season. I only care about what happens in the playoffs. And that could actually be a topic for another time with Embiid 
did his pursuit of the MVP come back to bite them because he was maybe not uh, load managing as much because he really wanted that MVP. He really wanted it. And so, you know, maybe that'll be something that, that might change moving forward. But yeah, Jimmy Butler, I, I don't think he could care less. He's, he's not going to be in the MVP vote. And I don't know that that matters to him. But man, once the playoffs comes around, that, that man is always standing at the end. And then and there's something to be spoken of for that. I, I've learned... I don't gamble, but I've learned not to bet against Jimmy Butler when it comes in the playoffs. But part of the Jimmy Butler conversation also goes to this. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Mm -hmm. He doesn't often get talked about like that, in part because sometimes it's like, what happened this year? You're the eighth seed, and then guess what? Hey, you're in the conference finals again. Considering what the Heat have, considering how they maneuver things, is Eric Spolster the best coach in the NBA right now? He certainly he he can point to his resume and and then say you know what um I'm definitely in the conversation. He makes the right decisions. He's made he's brought generations of squads to the promised land. Right? You know he was in the finals with Shaq and and and, and D Wade. Then he was back there winning championships with LeBron and D Wade. And I think maybe that overshadowed him a bit because people said, well, it wasn't him. It was a talent on the team. But now he's brought these heat squads that everybody feels are undermanned to the finals and the conference finals year after year uh, built around Jimmy Butler. So he certainly he certainly has an argument. Um, I think there are a handful of coaches that will get mentioned if you talk about who's the best coach in the league. And ironically, one of them just got fired in, in Monty Williams. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Eric Spolstra, it's got almost two decades in at this level, so he can certainly make a claim that, hey, I'm, I'm one of the best that's ever done it. It is wild that Spolstra has, is only 52 years old. He's, co he's been the head coach of the Heat for 15 seasons now. Mm -hmm. uh, you forget how young he was when he got that job. Yeah. You know, he was 38 years old when he got that job. And this is, a, they've been to a finals five times at this point. Mm -hmm. Won two titles. I mean, he's in the playoffs almost every year. He he's having a Hall of Fame career. Absolutely. He might already be have, have already like if his career ended tomorrow, might end up being in the Hall of Fame already. Like that's absolutely. Too, I don't and, think there's a question. Right, but think about what. Not to go too deep into Spolster here, but remember when he was hired, mm -hmm. and people were like, "Oh, you know, he's just he's Pat Riley's got like he's just he's gonna Pat Riley's gonna really pull all the strings." I mean, Pat's still there. Yeah, but Eric Spolster. He's one of the guys that has built a foundation and seen it through with an NBA team, and that just doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't. And, and being able to have that longevity, for one, it speaks to him being a strong and good coach, but it also speaks to the benefit of having one coach, one voice, and letting him ride out the, you know, just because you don't go back to the championship for a fifth season in a row. You don't have to get rid of him. You can let him work on the rebuild, and he's still got that culture there, and, and the Heat are right back where they need to be. Sometimes patience, Dre, it's a virtue. How did you come up with more, that? No, it, it's something that more NBA teams really need to pay attention to, especially since we've seen so many teams that have had coaches that have shown success very recently get let go this offseason. Maybe, just maybe, owners look at what's gone on in Miami, San Antonio, even Golden State, and say, be patient. Chill. Golden State's maybe not the best example because of the sustained success they've had, but Miami, San Antonio, just chill. Just just be there. Coming up next is making it to a conference finals. Ensure this Celtic 
will return to Boston? That's next from an expert here, Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The NBA playoffs. Three is good. Jason Tatum holds up five with the right and a fist with the left. He's got 51 points. I was just happy to get another opportunity to bounce back and, you know, find a way to win. Game seven is all about winning go home. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs. Hey, listen, in Boston, they're feeling nothing except for some really, really good, good vibrations. Because, you know, there's there's a funky bunch there. There's Mark Wahlberg there. We see him on TV for every Celtics home game. It's very, very exciting. It's going to be very interesting, though, to see how they handle the upstart. Miami Heat. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, along with Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rossi. And we're going to go out to Boston now to talk with Boston Globe sports com- columnist and the author of Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with the Larry Bird Celtics. It is Dan Shaughnessy, the great one. Dan, thank you so much for taking some time today. Well, it's nice to be here. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. So let's start here. Jason Tatum goes for 51 last night. Where does that put him kind of in the conversation of of what he's meant in terms of broader, broader, I guess, topics to the Celtics? I would say I want to say all time, but this seemed like it was an epic all time performance. Well, I mean, it's the biggest point total in any game seven league history. So that's a big deal. And in the franchise biggest playoff numbers 54 and of course bird had 60 in a regular season game as did jason tatum so you know he's 
he's in those books. And, uh, you know, this is his sixth year in the league, and he's emerged in first-team NBA guy. And uh, so, yeah, this is his time, and that's why it's his time to win a championship with Jalen Brown. And that's what they were drafted to do six and seven years ago by Danny Ainge. And, and I think this is a, you know, the, the path is clear for them right now and see if they can get it done. So speaking of Jalen Brown, there were questions about what his future would be in Boston um, had they lost that game seven. But they're now in the conference finals. So did the Celtics making the conference finals ensure that Brown stays in Boston for the long term? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that it still would be a, a massive disappointment if they lost to this Miami team, the eighth seed. And uh, I think there's some ridiculous odds the Celtics are, you know, picked to win this thing. So there could still be a you know whopping disappointment. They, they need to win a championship. I think if they win a championship, and you know, clearly Brown seems to be trying to make nice with the Boston fans and say all the right things, and and it's it's sort of a honeymoon phase for him here right now. And he's established himself as a as a great player for them, and you know he's top ten All NBA. So they got two of the top ten players in the league by the by the vote of everybody. And uh, like I said, their time and. But I still think if they were to check out earlier some ignominious defeat here uh, between now and June 18th, it's still up in the air. I think if they win it, yeah, I think all, all parties agree, and then he comes back with Supermax and all that stuff. We're talking to Boston Globe sports columnist Dan Shaughnessy, who's also the author of the book Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with Larry Bird Celtics here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Joe Mazzullo maybe has been one of the bigger question marks around the Celtics team in his first year as a head coach. Did he show you something or prove something to you in this series that maybe changed how you thought about him prior to it? Well, every time he gets experience, you know, it's it's certainly valuable. He didn't have a great game four and, and admitted to a mistake. That's unusual in any head coach in any sport. The next day he's, he's saying that he messed up. And, and um, you know, you kind of don't want your head coach to be learning on the job here, and that's not his fault. He's 34. He was vaulted into the position because of what happened with Emir Doka and he's had a, a pleasure cruise for the regular season winning 57 and, and uh, it's gotten a little tighter in the playoffs and, and more more scrutiny and uh, I think with each round more scrutiny and now he's up against Eric Spolster who's you know, probably a Hall of Fame pound coach who was very much like Missoula a long time ago you know, brought in by Pat Riley very young very inexperienced and, and uh, took a while to establish himself uh, once LeBron James came onto the board there and so, yeah, I think for Joe, this is, it's a learning curve and it's difficult. I thought he did a good job not pushing back or, or, or taking, being indignant when, when Smart made some comments after game six. I thought that was unfortunate. Smart talking about, you know, he's getting killed by the media and rightfully so. I mean, it's a hard thing to imagine Bill Belichick putting up with or a lot of guys. So, so And uh, he's remained calm and, and steered the ship. And, of course, he'll get credit for inserting Robert Williams III into the lineup before game six in Philly and having two bigs and frustrating indeed more in the last two games than they had up until then. So, yeah, it's uh, it's developing and it's going to be more scrutiny in this next round because it's bolster. Yeah, so last season when the Celtics made the finals, I felt like the defensive pressure that the Warriors put on them showed that they really needed a floor general. So enter Malcolm Brogdon this offseason. Moving forward into the the, the finals, do you see Malcolm Brogdon potentially being the difference that helps put them over the top? Or do you uh, um, say what? Well, I think you make a good point. I think that the addition of Brogdon makes them way better than they were last year at this time. And that, that should put them over the top. And you don't have the Warriors standing in the way now either. But 
Uh, I don't know about floor general. I mean, he didn't have a great, you know, series against the Sixers. There were stretches where he wasn't on the floor. You wondered why. And they've, they've committed to Marcus Smart down the stretch of, of every game. And it, it proved you know, worthwhile in, in game six, not so much in game four. Smart's often open because they want him to be open and, and he'll take it even if he shouldn't. And you always want Brogdon taking that shot because he's a marksman. And in some ways, you know, maybe a more skilled player than Smart, but they like what the other things that Smart does. So the floor general part, you know, I just think adding Brogdon for depth and having another adult on the team and another guy who can really shoot it and uh, doesn't doesn't take the apple right down the stretch, that's a good thing for them. The, floor, the, the point guard part, the leadership part, hard to say because they're still committed to smart down the stretch. We're talking to Boston Globe sports columnist Dan Shaughnessy, who's also the author of the book Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with the Larry Bird Celtics. Before we let you go, I did want to ask you about that book. Is there one thing from doing the research and kind of living that book as, as you were – when you were, you know, when earlier in your career, that you've seen and maybe taken to what you've seen from this year's team. Well, it's interesting because you know that that's a pandemic book, and it was a lot of fun, and you know, putting in print all those stories when I was living with the team forty years ago, the way writers did them when we were really able to tell the fans and the readers what the players were like because we were in we were with them all the time on the buses, going to practice, flying commercial, waiting for bags, hotel bars, all that stuff. That no longer exists. There's a moat now, so. Today's writers really can't tell you what Tatum and Brown and Smart are like because they don't have that kind of access, which was unfettered, unlimited for us. And that was what was fun about that book. It was really the last time you'll be able to get close to guys and tell them what they were like. And that was a fun, confident bunch. And what I came away with from that book and talking to them 40 years later is just how, how secure they were with their own greatness. And that put them across. They won three championships together. And I think not being jealous or not needing individual accolades it really was helpful. They all knew how good they were. They didn't worry about Larry getting more touches and more money and more publicity. And, and that was okay because everybody was securing his own, his own abilities. Not so sure that exists today, but we don't get close enough to these guys to tell. But it'd be fun to know whether you know, Tatum and Smart and, and, and Brown have that kind of confidence in their own selves because they haven't won a championship yet. And until they do, they're still a little bit suspect and possibly – immature, not ready. This is their time. They've got to do what those guys did 40 years ago. Dan, thank you so much for taking taking a few minutes with us today. Thanks very much, guys. That was Dan Shaughnessy, Boston Globe sports columnist and the author of Which It Lasted Forever, Life with the Larry Bird Celtics. Coming up next, this quarterback is heading to the analyst booth, but will he stay there? That's a question we'll answer next. Next, Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're just moseying along here toward the 7 o'clock hour. Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rothstein. And as you heard, well, uh, copper tastes bad, Eric Hanneman, and I, I choose not to <laughs> eat pennies. So, That's a wise I, and choice. I can't, I can't smell wealth, so I need to defer to you for our pick of the night. Yeah, wealth smells uh, – I wouldn't really know what it smells like really either, to be honest with you. So I guess it's an acquired taste. But uh, we're going to go to Game 7 tonight. You've got Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars, and that's where we're going to do our same game parlay today. It's going to be pretty simple here uh, via Caesars Sportsbook. i got two goal scorers for you, Joe Pavelski for the Stars and Jordan Eberle for the Kraken. Eberle had two last game. Pavelski, I believe, scored in every game except for two in this series. So give me both those guys to score tonight. That pays out at a plus nine hundred on Caesar Sportsbook. Well, all right, that, Eric. That's a good. That's a good bet. I, I I don't think I'm going to do that because I can't gamble in in Georgia where it's not legal. But if if I could, I would take your advice with it. You got a little bit of the dull the dulcet saxophone sounds behind you. And then Smooth just a little jazz. extra play. If you uh, have a sports book where maybe you can add a same game parlay, I'm going to pick the Kraken tonight at plus one seven five. I think we had the expansion teams in the Western Conference Finals. I like it. I like it. Listen, I, I, I we had Greg Bishop on earlier, who's the the dean of all things Seattle, Andre, and and I, I like that bet, and I, I like the Kraken tonight. You know, uh, Eric, say it. You said it all show in in the breaks. Just say it one more time. Release the Kraken. <laughs> there you go. That is that is our wonderful board op, Eric. He is. helped us out with some bets. Hopefully, he made you some money tonight. And with that. We go to three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. 
So this is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Alongside Andre Snellings, I'm Michael Rothstein. And the first thing that stood out to me today, Dre, is this. Matt Ryan is going to the TV booth. He's going to go to CBS. He's going to be a combination in-studio analyst and game analyst. But this is the interesting part, Andre Snellings. He posted... This is not a retirement post. <laughs> yep. So, thoughts? I mean, it's great to have options, right? And so the man has a $17 million or, you know, a huge, whatever he's getting paid, he's got an option to go on TV. And to me, it seems like he's saying, I still want to play football, but nobody's really been calling just yet. So I'm going to put out there that I've got this option if y'all don't call, but please call me. Yeah, that, that's what it feels like, plus the other part of that with the money. It is guaranteed, and as long as he doesn't retire, he gets that money. And it hurts the Colts. If he does retire, then he, there could be some machinations where maybe the Colts could get some of that money that's back. Right. So there's a, many millions of reasons for Matt Ryan to say that he is not retired. I covered Matt Ryan his last year in Atlanta. He's gonna. We saw it a little bit during the playoffs. He's going to be really good on television, whether it's this year or down the road. I, I really like that move for Matt Ryan. Best of luck to him. He's really, really like what he's going to be doing there. And he's going to be a guy I think that people are going to watch for the next 10 to 20 years, kind of like Phil Simms was. He's got a similar vibe to me in that. We both lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan for a while. You were there before I was. Mm-hmm. and I was there up until two years ago. And there's this place in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's called Angelo's. So good. And we found out during the show, because somebody that I'm friends with in Ann Arbor posted this, that Angelo's is apparently closing. And Angelo's is like a key breakfast spot. If you've ever been to Ann Arbor for a game, if you went there at any point, it's one of those places that you're like, man, I just love this place. Why... Why would you not ever go here? And apparently it might be closing. And that's so sad. I'm really bummed about this. Like I've been, it's, it's messed with me the whole show. Yeah. First the fat boys break up. Now this, like that, that's, that was a big part of anyone's history. Who's been on campus uh, at the university of Michigan in the last, however many decades I can just think on, you know, weekends the line might be out and around the block uh for people trying to get in for breakfast at angelo's so the fact that it might not be there anymore yeah that, that that's a sad day light a candle it, it is the owner steven Vangelos, steven vangelatos who is the son of the original owner he basically said he told m live which is the local newspaper up there that he's close to retiring and Michigan's buying the building that it's in for $4.5 million. But, quote, this is pretty much my only option, end quote, because no one in his family wants to run the business for another generation. So pour one out for Angelo's. Now I'm going to have to get to Ann Arbor before December just so I can go there again. Yep, one last time. Oh, man, a Sammy, some of the breakfast. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, you know, people are like, well, why are you guys talking about that? You got to understand, there's like an iconic breakfast place at every city you go to. Mm-hmm. And in Ann Arbor, there's Benny's, there's Zingerman's Roadhouse, and there is Angelo's. And I'm just so bummed that Angelo's, that's an Ann Arbor institution. I hate seeing institutions close. It's just so sad. Dre, this has been an awesome, awesome show with you yes, today. Sir. It's been so much fun. 
Coming up next, this has been Candy and Carlin. Coming up next, Joe and Amber. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.